passage that is a familiar passage that I've actually never preached on in 25 years of preaching. I've never preached on this passage that I recall. Um, but it is a familiar passage. And the reason I think I've never preached on this passage is because um, it makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm going to be real. It makes me a little uncomfortable. But this, this message um, from this, this passage teaches us how to receive the blessings of God. And we're going to wrap up our sermon series that we have been on um, for the last five weeks. This is week six on the blessing, the blessing of God. God has called us to live a blessed life. He has called us. Jesus came to give us life and that more abundantly, abundantly, right? The enemy is the one who comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to destroy your family. He wants to destroy your destiny. He, he wants to rob you, and he wants to use you um, to, to rob God. And so this is the passage we're going to go in to, to learn about this. And uh, so it is a familiar passage for those who are old school, but I'm guessing some of the younger people have met, maybe never heard this passage before. It's Malachi chapter 3. Let's go there. You ready? So it's in the Old Testament. Matter of fact, it's the last book in the Old Testament. Okay, so if you, if you got to Matthew, just, you know, flip back some. There it is in Matthew chapter, or not Matthew, Malachi chapter 3, 6 through 12. Say amen when you're there. All right, and I think, I think we have it on the screens too, if you guys can see that. I'm over here like, Bob, can I get those reading glasses? <laughs> That's, it's not right, man. It's not right, y'all. No. Let me see. I actually want to see if they work. <laughs> My doctor said uh, it's time. I'm like, I'm only 44. Mm, they do actually make it better. <laughs> oh, wow. That ain't right. Okay. All right. I don't know. I don't think I need them that strong, but uh, they do make it better. Okay. It happens to all of us. I'm going to get some cute ones. I'm going to get some really fancy ones. You'll see it. All right. Here we go. Let's read. You guys ready? All right. I, the Lord, do not change. Wow, that's pretty powerful. Gosh, everything changes, right? It seems like everything changes. You can't keep up with what's changing. Some weird stuff going on in our world. I'm talking weird with an H weird, like weird. You know what I'm saying? Am I right? Am I right? There's some weird stuff going. Does it, does it not bring you peace that God does not change? Come on, somebody. He does not change. I, the Lord, do not change. Ah, just take solace in that for a moment. Right. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Well, smack. <laughs> I mean, come on. But then he says, return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord. I believe that is the word that God is giving us today in America again. Return to me and I will return to you. Elsewhere in the scripture says, if you seek me, you will find me if you seek me with all your heart. See, the American church says, I want Jesus in this pocket and my pet sin in this pocket. I want Jesus as long as I don't have to give up anything. Woo! Mike dropped today, and I barely even had any coffee. Come on. This is the Lord today. That's what we want. We 
Jesus as long as it doesn't cost us anything. Hmm. But he says, return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. And then, but you ask, how are we to return? How should we return to the Lord? Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you're robbing me. Oh, but that's just the Old Testament. Well, Jesus talks more about how, uh, how to steward our finances in the New Testament than he does about heaven and hell. And I just did a really long thesis paper on hell <laughs> in, in my uh, hermeneutics class a, a semester or so ago. And there's a lot of verses on it. There's a lot of things that Jesus talks about. But he talks even more about being a steward and, and managing our finances and honoring God with that. So this is what he says. Uh, this is what the word says here in verse 10. It says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this. Say this with me. Test me in this. This is God speaking, saying, test me, saying, I want to prove to you that my word is true. So go ahead and test me. Have you ever seen one of those commercials? And I know some of you guys probably don't even know what a commercial is. It's this thing that comes on in between programs. It's when you're too cheap to pay for the full version of Spotify, and it still will come up and give a commercial. And sometimes in commercials, it's like a little break, and they will say, there's a 100% guarantee on this product. Have you ever seen that? A hundred percent guarantee. Matter of fact, you can get your money back. A hundred percent guarantee. This is what God says in his word. Yeah. He says, test me. I can a hundred percent guarantee my word to be true in this situation here. Pretty powerful, right? He says, test me, says the Lord Almighty, and see that I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much. What's that word? blessing. What are we talking about? We've been talking about how to live the blessed life. And I've been avoiding this scripture for 25 years. <laughs> I've been living it, and I'll talk one-on-one with someone, but I've avoided it. And, and I had to do some searching for myself. I'm going to side note for just a second. We're going to get back. I got my finger here, so I know what verse to get back on. But if I get to talking to my hands, remind me, okay? But I've avoided this, this passage for 25 years because I got saved and really saved on fire for God. I, I, I went back and forth to church my childhood and, and stuff. But when I was 19, I come on my own. No one forced me. No one compelled me. No one manipulated me. I surrendered everything to Christ. And it was in that season, the late 90s, that there was uh, the right at the height, I would say, or close to the height of what is called the prosperity gospel. It was the preachers on TV that were saying, give nine, nine to nine to the ministry. And you can get this plated gold handkerchief. That's anointed from the Lord. And if you give another 999, I will personally write a blessing on it. 
And it, and it just turned me off. It, it turned me off because I saw people, I was young back then, didn't need the reading glasses. And I saw a lot of my friends turned away from the Lord because they thought church was all about the money. And so I said, I'm not going to be like that. And for 20 years, we, we primary only served the inner city ministry, living basically right under the poverty line ourselves. To the point that my dad one time asked me, Joy, did you take a poverty vow when you became a pastor with the Assembly of God? I said, well, no, I did not. <laughs> He's like, you, you need to change your mindset there. And I've, I've done some work to change my mindset because there is a balance, friends. It's not about going into the ministry to get rich or make some church rich. It is about being obedient to Christ. It's not about manipulation. It's not about, uh, it's not about any of that stuff. It's just about living the long walk of obedience following Christ. And this is just part of it. But the cool thing about this is this part of it that guarantees a blessing. And I don't know about you, but I want to be blessed. I want my children to be blessed. And so this is what he says, because I think sometimes we get confused about what a blessing is anyway. So he says, I will open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough, in my, enough to store it. And then he talks about more blessings that has nothing to do with money here. Listen to this. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your field will not drop, uh, will not drop their fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed. For you will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. Friends, sometimes our blessing, sometimes what happens is we sow something and we think we're going to reap the same way. We sow a financial blessing and we think we're going to reap finances. But sometimes it's being obedient to sow a financial blessing and you reap peace in your marriage. Sometimes you sow a financial blessing and you reap children that, that grow up having a good uh, stewardship mindset. Sometimes it's you, you sow, and sometimes you sow in other ways. You sow in friendship. That doesn't mean that friend is going to have to be the one who always comes back to you just because you were there for them. God could provide another way. Stop limiting our thinking about God because his ways are above our ways. Today I want to talk to you about how to receive God's blessing. You ready? This passage broke down it for us. Number one, the tithe. I want to talk about what a tithe is. Now, I want to say this. This is not from manipulation. It's not because I'm trying to get you to give more because our church is a very generous church. You've seen what we have raised. We have taken, the Bible says in James that true religion is this, to keep yourself from being polluted from the world and from, uh, and from uh, taking care of the orphan and the widow. We have done that at our church. We have created a culture of doing that. However, I think that what I've seen um, happen, especially um, with, the, with, with younger people in particular, but with all, I mean, it's, it's something that all of us, I think, can struggle with, is that we have redefined what a tithe is, um, right? It's, uh, well, I'm going to give, listen, I love animals with the best of them. So some of us will say, well, I'm sending, you know, I'm not saying anyone in here, but I'm sending my tithe, my donation to the Humane Society and call that my tithe. A tithe, friends, is the first 10%. That's actually what the tithe means. It means first 10% of your income. And it's giving it back to God because it's really God's in the first place. It's giving it back to God through your local church. That is what it is. And so it's, 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 that is just what it is. You can go back. Every, 
You know, there's now these new prosperity, or I don't know what they are now, these new TV preachers that want to say, oh, the tithe is just Old Testament. While they're living in mansions, <laughs> driving the most fancy cars, I'm like, bro, stop trying to redefine what the Bible says. It's just simple. That's all it is, is the first 10% of your income. And it's giving it through the Lord to your local church. Simple. Say simple. It's fear. It's not saying, oh, you make this amount of money, and so you got your tithe is this much amount, and your tithe is this much. It's for the teenager who brings home $100 every two weeks. They get to give a tithe of how much? $10. And it's for the executive that brings home, I don't know, what is it? Give me, give me a number, somebody. 600000 Lord, send them here. <laughs> and they get to tithe a lot of money. <laughs> but the percentage doesn't change. It's fear. And this is the thing. When we learn to be faithful with little, God gives us more. The reason I haven't personally struggled with tithing is because at 19 years old when I sold out to God, my pastor said, this is what you tithe. You tithe 10% and write your name on that envelope so, so we can keep you accountable that you do this. I didn't take it personal. This man wore cowboy boots and had a molek. I knew he wasn't trying to put pocket, fatten up his pocket. He was trying to expand the kingdom. And he said, that's part of, that's part of your discipleship. It's part of Christian formation. And it's a part of Christian discipline. It's like you read your Bible daily. You, you pray. You go to church. You tithe. It's just basics, y'all. And so I will say I apologize, especially to my younger people in this church, because I haven't taught you this like my pastor taught me because of my own issues, because I didn't want to be viewed as a prosperity preacher. And so I apologize, and it's, but it's not too late for us all to learn to do right by God. So how do we receive God's blessings? One, we tithe. Two, we revere God. See, a tithe is about the attitude of your heart. It's about the attitude of giving more so than the act of giving. Okay? So it's about the attitude more so than the act. When your belief changes, your behavior changes. When your attitude changes, your actions change. Come on, somebody. So when we, have, uh, when we revere the Lord, when we honor the Lord, when we respect the Lord, when we say, this is all yours, everything that I have does not belong to me. It belongs to you, and I'm going to revere you by saying, this first part of what you have and what you've given me, I'm giving back to you out of a sense of respect and honor. That's my attitude. That's our attitude. That's the attitude that the Lord wants. When we put God first with our money, we honor God. We give because we revere his name and who he is. Giving is a special act of worship. It's a sacred component to giving. It's not just another good cause. It's kingdom expansion. 
The Old Testament, they brought in off, uh, offerings and sacrifices to the Lord. They weren't supposed to give the, the, the lamb that was born with only three legs. They weren't supposed to give the defective uh, sheep and, and, and uh, the bad flour that wasn't going to taste good in a meal. No, they were supposed to give the first and the best of what they had and trust God to give them what they needed. Giving something of value away, is, it is sacrifice. And that is what God has called us to do. But his word says that it was not the fat of rams or sacrifices that brought him pleasure, but it was the obedience. Obedience is better than sacrifice. So we don't, we don't sacrifice, we don't give to earn God's love. He already loves us. He already has given us everything. We do it out of obedience because we love him back. Amen. It's countercultural. In our culture, we, we have not learned to really respect, to have awe, to have reverence for a holy God. Instead, we've learned Jesus is my homie. He's, 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 the, he's the man upstairs. And, and I believe that God, that Jesus can be our friend. But we have to remember that he is still our Lord and Savior. And he deserves respect. And this is a way of saying, I respect you. I reverence you. I, I care more about you than, than what sustains me. Because we need finances to sustain us. You can't live without money in this world. You can't live without resources in this world. But we cannot live in eternity without God. We cannot live fully and abundantly in the blessed life today on this earth without Christ. And so, friends, I am teaching you this today so that we get this part right, that we reverence the Lord, that we go against our own culture. That See, when we give of our finances, the thing that's probably most valued in America, hello, what is the American dream? People know the American dream more than they know the Declaration of Independence and, and any of the other stuff. It's the pursuit of happiness. It is climbing the corporate ladder. It is living in a nicer place. It is having the nice house on the corner with the white picket fence and big thumbs up from Poppy, right? That, sorry, that was my cartoon that none of you guys probably know. <laughs> but if you've never seen The Emperor's New Groove, you really need to watch it because it was awesome. <laughs> that is what it's about. And there's nothing wrong with that in itself. But if we're pursuing happiness over pursuing holiness and pursuing reverence and respect of the Lord, then we got things twisted. And, and as Christians, you are a subculture of the culture. And we're supposed to be different on purpose so that people can look to us like the word in Malachi says, so they can look to the nation of Israel and see that they are blessed and that they would see their life and say, what makes them set apart? What makes them different? It is God. That's how people should look at you and say, what makes them different? What makes them set apart? When you're in school, when you're in high school, college, when you're in your coffee shops, when you're at your workplaces, when you're with your family, what makes you different? You are set apart and reverencing or revering God and having reverence for his name by how we live our life is what sets us apart. So we tithe. We revere his name. And when we do that, 
we need an umbrella. Oh, yeah, I use some, I use some creative uh, uh, writing here, right, with this one. What did the scripture say? He said he's going to open the what? The floodgates. I don't know about you, but when the floodgates open, I want an umbrella. <laughs> an umbrella. God, this is the thing. God is our umbrella. He protects us from the storms of the world. He keeps us safe. He helps us move through. And this is the thing. When you truly tithe, you need an umbrella because God will open the heavens and pour out the blessings. It could be, and the blessings are greater than just financial blessings. They're the peace. In this world, when everybody has anxiety and depression, the church needs to be set apart. We need to be a people of peace again. Supernatural, there's supernatural power of giving. There's, there's behind every promise of God, there's a supernatural blessing. Look up 11, uh, Proverbs 11.24 when you have a chance. When we withhold unduly, we become a ruin. Ruin. When I give away from my pile, my pile doesn't run out. That's a miracle, friends. Do you know this is really interesting here? Our, our capital campaign is named after the ark, which is inspired by the account of Noah. Okay? Do you know here um, that when it, talks up, when it talks about the window in Malachi, this is only this Hebrew word. Aruba, if I'm saying it right, probably not. It's only referenced five other times. And one of those times is when Noah enters into the ark and the rain falls. Friends, that shows you the miraculous picture of total saturation of blessings that God wants to have over your life. How awesome is that? How awesome is that? Listen, I've now lived long enough that people I've looked up to that I thought they got it, they got it made, and I've looked at them now and see they didn't really have it made. <laughs> their marriages weren't as good as it looked like. Their finances were, their kids weren't as perfect as Instagram made them appear to be. And what I have realized is the only way that I had to have an umbrella, the only way is if I'm obedient to what the word of God tells me to do. And friends, when you are, there's going to be a testimony time. There's going to be a testimony time. I, I, I know somebody who really struggled. I know several people who've really struggled with this. But I can think of two off the top of my head. The one person told me when they finally said, enough is enough. God said, test me. I'm going to test them. I'm going to try it out. They said, after that, with, that was the, when they test them, that was the first year that their, their family income made six figures. The first time ever when they said, okay, I'm going to test them. The other person that I know, they had a dream of entering into um, actually vocational ministry. They wanted, to, they wanted to be a pastor. And they trusted God with everything, but they had a hard time trusting with the tithe. When they finally started tithing, they finally started giving God open doors for them to be in vocational ministry. Friends, we have to be, again, Christian formation. Let's, it's time to get the umbrellas out, amen? I want an umbrella, amen? Can I get the Zoomers to give me some amens too, not just the Boomers? Can I get an amen? It's time. Who wants an umbrella? Come on, Janae, say it like you mean it. <laughs> it's time. It is time. It is time. God is going to, he wants to bless us. He wants to pour out his blessing. This is the thing. If if we, as a people of God, can't, if we cannot be trusted with our finances, 
How is he going to trust us with souls? A soul is so much more important than a tithe. And I don't know about you, but, man, I want to see revival. I want to see this place filled up where we have to have three services on a Sunday morning. I want to see our outdoor services, man, where we're just getting slain in the spirit again. Whoa, what's that? That means you laying out in that grass, man. That's what I want to see. I want to see people. I want to see people coming in. I saw this. I saw this a beautiful picture on this revival page that I, that I follow uh, of Africa. In, in Africa, the guy was preaching, and and these young people were laying down their cell phones. They were laying down their cell phones. I remember when we got saved back in the 90s, people would lay down their sack of weed. They would lay down their gang um, rags and scarves and all this stuff. They would lay down, I would see people lay down nude magazines. People would lay down all kinds of things because God was dealing with them. This is a tool, but it could also become an idol if we're not careful. And I don't know about you, but I want revival. I want to have to carry an umbrella. Like Mary Poppins, just woohoo for Jesus. <laughs> Come on. You picture it. Come on. It's time. It's time. It's time. So if you want to see the windows of heaven open, well, then we also have to learn to be a, we have to learn stewardship. Stewardship. Tithing also teaches us to manage well. It, it, it teaches us to be stewards of our belongings, to be managers, to stewardship. Tithing and giving is not a discipleship issue. That's a typo there, but that's okay. It's not, it's, it's, it's not, it's a discipleship issue. That's what it is. Spiritual formation. Again, just like the word, reading the word, just like memorizing scripture, just like praying, just like worshiping. It is a spiritual a discipleship issue. <laughs> I see what you got, and I'm going to take it too. I'm going to take it, too. I saw it. I said, is he going to give me that? Sure enough. Oh, they used to say, don't open up an umbrella in, in the inside because it's bad luck. I don't need luck. I need Jesus, and I want an umbrella. <laughs> I want an umbrella. I want him to protect me. I want him to cover me. I want him to guide me, and I want to pull out the umbrella because the blessings of God are coming. I want us to learn discipleship, every part of it. Every part of Christian formation is for you. Stewardship is part of Christian formation. It is for you. God wants you to steward your finances, steward your time, steward, steward your treasure, steward your family he wants you to steward your 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 talents what he's given you are you using it for him because when you do the blessings of God come I'm giving this to you I'm giving this to you you can't keep it up though because the video for people who are watching won't be able to see me but I'm giving that to you I can't give you it my, it for good for good because it's Uncle Bob's but I felt like I wanted to hand it to you and the reason why Janae is because I, I come here for a minute oh yes I just want to be obedient to the Lord. Come here, Janae. Stand up here. You don't have to put that down. Stand up here. Me handing you this umbrella symbolizes a passing of a baton. Because God wants to use this generation to do powerful things. I have not sensed an anointing on a generation like yours since the Jesus Revolution in the 70s. And God wants to use Generation Z, younger millennials as well, to bring in a revival like we have never seen in our lifetime. But we have to learn to be obedient in every area of our life, not out.
out of, not out of religion, not out of even duty, but out of a reverence and a love for God. And when we show God that we trust him with every area, including our finances, he's going to trust us with souls. And I believe God is going to bring in the greatest harvest of souls because we're going to be faithful. We're going to be faithful. We're going to be faithful. Amen. 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 Sit on down. Thank you for that. Thank you, Uncle Bob. Woo! Oh, sorry, you had to probably turn my mic down. We need a sound man. I'm telling you because I'm too loud or they don't even know. <laughs> God is good. Okay. Mm. Mm. I mean, I feel, like, I feel like I killed that point. I don't need to add to it. We're going we're gonna to end with this one. If we can sum it all up, friends, it's about trust. It's my last point, and if you notice all the other points that I had actually spell out the word trust. Spells out the word trust. Our, when we trust him with our tithe, when we revere him, we need that umbrella, we need to be stewards, and we need to trust him. It's a trust issue. There was a, a, a man of God who, who um, attended our South Toledo campus for many years. This man of God had such faith that he would go into places that, that were scary. Like he would go into crack houses to witness to people. He would go into satanic churches, no lie, to sit back there and speak in tongues. He prayed over people, saw, saw cancers healed, miracles happen, um, more things. That, I mean, he, he, he personally prophesied to me several times about some things that came to pass. This was a true man of God. He had such faith. This man of God had faith, but he struggled with trust. He had faith to believe that someone's leg would grow out, but he did not have faith and trust in the Lord to believe to give 10% of his finances. And, and although I have never preached this message, when God gives me a personal word, I've I got to be obedient. And he gave me a personal word to talk to this man and to tell him, if you have faith for a leg to grow out, God wants to challenge you to have trust in him and in his word to give your tithe. Oh, that was such a hard thing for me to do. But friends, let's get the basics down. If we can believe for the supernatural, let's get the basic Christian formation down so that when God does bring in the harvest of souls, we're ready to teach them because it's, some things are better caught than taught. And if we, when the harvest of souls come in and they see their mentors, they see their big brothers and sisters in the Lord reading their Bibles and praying and, and pouring into people, uh, taking our young adults and going over to our, our inner city campus and, and pouring out to the young people. And they say, man, this is, these people are serious about, about their relationship with God. But then they see you being stingy with your finances, not giving anything and, and, and living with a poverty mindset. They're going to get that. They're going to catch that too. But let's let them catch it all, all the stuff, all the Christian formation that God has for them. And this is part of it. Do you know that statistics, the, the most recent Barna study has shows that, that only 4% of U.S. Christians give a, a full tithe. 4%. If we have 50 people in this room today, what's 4%? Listen, I needed my dad to help tutor me with math during college, so someone help me. Two? 22? 23? Two. Oh, man. Just two people that actually give 10% of the offering. Well, I know our church does better than that. But the average, we ain't average. But I want us to be above, above average. I'm talking 
I'm talking at least 98%. That's the kind of grades I like to get. At least, an, I mean, I was satisfied for, I, for a 95%. I cry over a 92%. <laughs> but I'm talking at least 98%. We got to do this. But that means every single one of us, from the youngest in this room, learning to give off of their birthday money, give off of their uh, off their off their mowing the lawn. I remember one time when Shua was 10 years old. He turned 10 years old, and um, he he got more money than he had got gotten ever before, and he had a better understanding of money because he's 10 now. And he got $200 for his birthday money, and he always gave off his birthday money when he was younger. And this time, you know, but it was only a few bucks here and there. This time it was a whole $20 bill. And, and I was like, Shua, you going to get that tithe, that $20 tithe? He's like, oh. And I'm not going to force my kids. You got Because if I force them, it's, it's, you're not doing it. It's not your tithe. It's my tithe if I force you. I said, Shua, you know the Bible says if you test the Lord in this, he will, he will prove himself to you. That's what the word says. He's like, okay. Ooh, man, he had the hardest time giving over that, that $20, but he did it. At 10 years old, he said, this is what the word says. I'm going to believe the word. I'm going to do it. And so he came, and he gave his $20. Well, we were walking out of our South little campus that day, and, and you think we're late now, Hester kids. Oh, my gosh, we would linger forever in those days. We, and that's when church was, like, at least two hours long, okay? So we would walk out of church, and we were the last ones there. Kids are tired. I'm just like, whatever. Come on, let's go. And all of a sudden, around the corner, someone said, oh, sure, I heard it was your birthday. I it was Florencio. Florencio is a spiritual son of ours, uh, and uh, still he occasionally comes and visits and, and stuff. And he came skipping around that, that corner. I remember exactly where we were at, by the dumpsters, actually. Um, and I remember him coming around the corner. He said, man, I missed your birthday. I feel so bad. And he pulled out his wallet, and he gave him a $20 bill. And Shua was like, what? Why are you kidding me? <laughs> Listen, friends, I can't say it works like that every time, okay? <laughs> That's not even the reason to do it. But that proves to that young boy right then that God sees your obedience. And I'm telling you, friends, I'm telling you right now, he sees your obedience. When it's hard is when, it, when it, you get the reward even more. When it's difficult, when it's challenging. If you obey God, you're going to need that umbrella. If you obey God, it's all going to, but it, it comes down to do you trust him? Do you trust his word? Well, I hope today that you're inspired to do so more. Would you stand up? Let's pray. Jesus, you're worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. God, I just thank you even now, Lord God, for how good you are, Lord. God, I thank you that Uncle Bob came in here with his fun, special self with that umbrella. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I would have missed what you were trying to say. But, God, this is, this is about the body of Christ, not one person. It's about the body of Christ getting this together. It's about us having true spiritual formation. God, I believe you want to do something so special in this place. I believe there's going to be groups that meet here every single day of the week. I believe that you're going to use us to impact Waterville. I believe this is going to be a multi-generational uh, church. 
where we have every generation represented. I believe there's going to be weddings that come from this place of godly powerhouse couples. I believe that there's going to be people called into the ministry, people called into the mission field, people called to start businesses, Lord God, that would be kingdom builders in this place. But God, we have to get in line with your word and with your truth and trust you. Trust you. Trust you. Let's just take a moment. I believe that that we sometimes, we rush too quickly from, from hearing the word to going to our buffets or whatever we want to do afterwards. And we rush too quickly and we miss taking time to respond. So right where you're at right now, I'm not going to ask you to come up here and get somebody to lay oil on you or, or pray over you and I'm all for that but just like I told you I can't do it for you you got to choose to do it I want you if you maybe you're in this place and you need to repent this is not an unforgivable sin if you haven't been good in this area just ask God to forgive you just ask him to help you say God I, I've messed up I, I I've trusted you with my eternal salvation but I haven't trusted you with my finances forgive me that's it 